we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Well, let's go to the Bible, to the Word of God, and to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 17. We have been studying the life of David, and we began in 1 Samuel 16, and have been going consecutively, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, uh, through the books of First and Second Samuel, beginning with First Samuel 16. Now we're in Second Samuel 17. And we've been looking at the life of David with this theme. The book of Acts says David served his generation. And that's been our theme of our study. Now this morning as we come to Second Samuel chapter number 17, we find that David is on the run from his son, Absalom. Absalom has led a rebellion against his father, and David has uh, fled from Jerusalem and finds himself in this passage in the wilderness. David was familiar with the wilderness. He had spent much time there on the run from Saul when Saul was king, and Saul sought to... uh, put an end to David's life. And now David has returned to a place perhaps he thought he would never be again, the wilderness. We come now to verse number 15. Then said Hushai unto Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. Now Jonathan and Ahimeaz stayed by in Rogel, for they might not be seen to come into the city. And a wench went and told them, and they went and told King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom. But they went both of them away quickly and came to a man's house in Behurim, which had a well in his court, whither they went down. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground corn thereon, and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman to the house, they said, Where is Ahimeaz and Jonathan? And the woman said unto them, They be gone over the brook of water. And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. And it came to pass after they were departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David. And said unto David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose and all the people that were with him, and they passed over Jordan by the morning light, There lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. 
Then David came to Mahanaim, and Absalom passed over Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab, which Amasa was a man's son, whose name was Ithra, an Israelite, that went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zeruiah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead, and it came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim that Shobai, the son of Nahash, of Rabbah, of the children of Ammon, and Machir, the son of Amiel, of Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, of Rogalim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kine for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said, the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. I call your attention to verse number 29 and the last three words we read there because this is the place where we find David and it is often the place where we find ourselves in the wilderness, in the wilderness. Let's pray together. Our Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Enable me, dear Spirit of God, to communicate your truth, to be filled with thyself, I pray that you would help the folks who are here and those who are watching online, that they would hear with spiritual ears and that you would speak to their hearts, meet the needs of their lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. The wilderness is a place of loneliness and it's a place of rejection. The wilderness has in the life of the nation of Israel been a prominent place of suffering and pruning. And David, of course, is in the wilderness here as a result of his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. As Nathan the prophet had spoken unto David, a sword has come to divide his home. In particular here, the sword of rebellion uh, that arose in Absalom's heart is now in his hand, this sword of rebellion. And with it, he's deceiving the hearts of the men of Israel. He has caused them uh, basically to reject David as the king, and he is leading a rebellion against the king. And David, having heard the news of the rebellion, has fled into the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is not the place that you and I would want to spend a lot of time. There is little food for the hungry, little water for the thirsty. There's no warmth for the cold, no shelter from the heat, no hope for those in despair in the wilderness. And the interesting thing is we need to understand that God never intended that we would live in the wilderness. When God made man, he formed him of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man had perfect fellowship and harmony with God there in the garden. But Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, and they became rebels. They drove the king out of their hearts. 
And therefore, as a consequence of their sin, they were forced to leave the garden. This is where oftentimes we find ourselves in the wilderness of sin, in the wilderness of despair. But into this wilderness, this wicked world came the son of God. Are you glad he came to us in the wilderness? The king that we banished from our own hearts came back to us and sought us out in the wilderness that he might rescue us out of the wilderness and that he might lead us back into the garden of fellowship and communion with him. What a glorious savior we have, the Lord Jesus Christ. In this wilderness of sin, what did the Lord Jesus do? Well, you remember that immediately after his baptism, the Bible said he went into the wilderness and there the devil met him and tempted him. Satan used uh, all of the tools at his disposal, every ounce of power of seduction and temptation that he possessed to come against the Son of God and the Lord Jesus, though tempted, did not sin. He could not sin because there's no sin in him. He's the Son of God. He defeated the devil in the wilderness. He encountered the unbelief and rejection of his own people. He dealt with the lies and the vicious attacks of the Pharisees. He dealt with sorrow and shame and ridicule and the cruel death of the cross. I submit to you this morning that Jesus knows what life is like in the wilderness. And he came and he suffered our death and our hell so that he might redeem us out of the wilderness and bring us to God. And maybe you're here this morning and you're living in this weary, wicked world with no hope. I've got some good news for you. The Lord Jesus loves you. And he came and he bled and he died on the cross of Calvary and made the payment for your sin. He was buried in a tomb and on the third day he rose again to give eternal life to all who believe. And if you will receive him as your savior, he will deliver you from the weary wilderness of this world and give you a home in heaven. Two of our precious ladies in our church went to be with the Lord in recent days. We had the memorial service for Carla Henderson on Friday. Uh, we know that uh, Virginia Kelso went to be with the Lord this past Tuesday. Uh, they are no longer in this weary world. They've been delivered from the very presence of sin. They are in the presence of Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you have no promise of heaven, I want you to know that the Lord Jesus loves you and he will save you if you'll call on him. He came to rescue out of this weary, barren wilderness. And then there are times for believers that though we have a home in heaven, we still endure here. And we live in a world that is at enmity against God. We live in a world of suffering and pain and woe. And we find ourselves often 
in the wilderness. And perhaps uh, like David, we find ourselves there this morning. The weariness and the wilderness of discouragement, the wilderness of, of disappointment and sorrow, the, the wilderness of temptation and sin. I, I don't know what trial you may be enduring. I don't know what wilderness you may be in right now, but I've got some good news for you that we learn from this passage about how faithful our God is in the wilderness. And so I want you to look at some things with me this morning, and I pray that God will use them to speak to our hearts. Now, first of all, I want you to see that David endured peril in the wilderness. David endured peril in the wilderness. In verse number 15, the Bible said, Then said Hushai unto Zadok and to Abiathar the priest. Remember, they had returned because David asked them to. And these two men met him along the way as he began, uh, as he began uh, his journey away from Jerusalem. And uh, David asked them to return to Jerusalem. Uh, and and there they could get information to him. Verse 15, uh, thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. So Hushai gives the message to the priest Zadok and Abiathar. Verse 16, now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. There was danger that David faced in the wilderness. The danger was that the, the foe, the enemy was coming after him. The adversary was coming after him in the wilderness. And the fear, the concern for David was that he would be swallowed up. Do you know the Bible tells us that we have an enemy, the adversary? His name is Satan. Our adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, the Bible tells us, seeking whom he may devour. Now here the enemy is after David and he, he wants to swallow him up. You see, David endured peril in the wilderness and, and we, as long as we're living in this world, are going to suffer peril, danger. And I'd like for you, if you would, to look with me in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and we'll begin reading in verse number 1 because we find that this world is a wilderness for us. Our home is not in this world. Our home is in heaven. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the apostle Paul writing concerning the last days. And he writes and says this in, in chapter 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. In other words, there's going to be danger all around in the last days. And we see that happening in our world, do we not? People are fearful uh, in the major cities of our nation to ride on the subway. Business owners uh, incur great risks in shopping areas in major, uh, major cities in our nation. Crime and violence are on the rise. There is deception and wickedness in our land. Immorality and the cause of perversion seems to be parading down Main Street and infiltrating the homes of the people of our nation. 
our political leaders, it seems, are blind to danger and to truth and are promoting a lie. We are living in perilous times. And David was in danger in the wilderness. Look in verse number 12 of 2 Timothy 3. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. This world is a dangerous place. And it's a dangerous time uh, for the lost souls of men and for those who know the Lord Jesus who are pointing the lost souls of, uh, of this world to Christ. David endured peril. Now, this situation that he was in was uncertain. It was an uncertain situation. Look again, if you would, please, in verse 15. Then said Hushai unto Zadok and Abiathar the priest, Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. Now remember, Ahithophel was David's chief counselor, but he turned against David. Hushai was a counselor and a friend to the king. And Hushai originally went with David and met David along the way as he departed from Jerusalem. But David asked Hushai to go back to Jerusalem and to give counsel to overthrow the counsel of Ahithophel. Now we know that Ahithophel's counsel was considered, as the Bible says, the oracle of God. When you heard Ahithophel speak, it was as if God was speaking concerning the wisdom of his counsel. And so uh, Hushai went to Jerusalem uh, to overthrow the council of Ahithophel. And so Ahithophel gave his counsel. If you remember what that counsel was, why don't you let me go and get some men and we'll go after David and we'll take care of this thing now. He's in the wilderness and he's weary and he'll be easy prey for us and we can end this thing and you'll be the king, Absalom. Well, Hushai said, that's not good advice. Here's what you should do, Absalom. You should gather all the men of Israel together. Well, that was going to take some time. And you should, you should lead them yourself out after David. And then you will be established as the king. Well, the Bible tells us that the men of Israel, they talked about that. Uh, the men of Absalom, uh, his 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 group of advisors, they, they considered that advice and, and they ended up liking the advice of Hushai over the advice of Ahithophel. But when Hushai sent these priests to get the message to David, Hushai didn't know which way the decision was going to go. It was an uncertain situation. So he got the news to David and said, here's what Ahithophel said and here's what I said. And so David, you better act with these two thoughts in mind. It was an uncertain situation. By the way, the situation of our world seems to be uncertain from day to day, doesn't it? It's, it's unpredictable. We don't know how it's going to go. So what do we do? Well, Paul did write to Timothy there in 2 Timothy 3, and he said this in verse 14, speaking of these perilous times, he said, continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Here's one thing we can do in uncertain times. We can continue in what we know is true. And what we know is true is the word of God. So let's continue in it. We don't have to be bewildered. We don't have to be troubled. In an uncertain situation, we can continue. 
But not only was it an uncertain situation, it was an urgent situation. Look in verse 16. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over. In other words, don't spend the night where you are. This is urgent. The enemy could be coming after you. You need to get to a place of safety, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. It was an urgent situation. And therefore, the, the messengers were dispatched with haste. And when Paul began in 2 Timothy 3, he said this, this know also that in the last days. I want you to understand the urgency of the situation that we're living in. We're coming to the end of this age. We're, we're approaching quickly the coming of the Lord Jesus we don't know how much time we have left, but here's what we know. We know we're in these last days. Therefore, we must work the works of him that sent us while it is day. For the night cometh, the Lord Jesus said, when no man can work. So let's not delay. Let's get busy. Well, it was an urgent situation. And our, the situation of our world is urgent. But then we note it was an unfolding situation. An unfolding situation. Look again in verse 17. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed by Enrogel, for they might not be seen to come into the city. And a wench went and told them, and they went and told King David. Now a wench is just a term that we, don't re we never use these days, which, which speaks of a woman, a maid, a servant lady. And she went and she told these boys, Jonathan and Ahimeaz, and I call them boys. We don't know how old they were. They were hiding out by Enrogel, and she gave the message from the priests to these men. Verse 18, nevertheless, a lad saw them. They're trying to be you know, covert. They're trying to hide. They're trying to do this in the, in the night and, and not be seen. But nevertheless, a boy sees them. Well, what does he do with that news? He told Absalom in verse 18. And what did Absalom do? Well, he sent his men after them. Well, Jonathan and Ahimeaz then, learning that somebody's after him, they go to the city of Bahurim. They come to a house. They hide in a well. A woman in verse 19 who is there, she spread a covering over the well's mouth. The guys are down in the well. She spreads a covering over the well's mouth and she spread ground corn thereon. She, she puts dried corn out there, and she's, she's uh, giving the appearance that she is drying the corn on the cloth. And so when Absalom's servants come, they won't suspect anything. And so they ask her when they came, they said, where is Ahimeaz and Jonathan? And she said in verse number 20, they be gone over the brook of water. And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. I mean, this has all the mystery and intrigue of all the spy novels and, and all the action thrillers that people like to watch these days. Verse 21, we're not sure, by the way, what's going to happen. Are the boys going to be discovered in the well? Are they, going to, are they going to be able to get the message to David? Remember, it's, it's an urgent message. You see, the situation is unfolding right before our very eyes, and we're living in a world where the situation is unfolding from day to day. And in this unfolding drama, what do we do? We look to the Lord Jesus, and we obey him, and we trust him. 
Verse 21, and it came to pass after they were departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said unto David, arise and pass quickly over the water for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose and all the people that were with him and they passed over Jordan by the morning light. There lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. So if we would call this mission impossible, we're going to find that the mission was accomplished. The messengers got safely to David. David heard the message, and he and all the people got across the Jordan River, at least for the time, to a place of safety. Now, the battle's not over, and the pursuit will continue. But at least for now, David and the people are out of immediate danger. We find that in our peril, in our danger, we have a shield. And our shield is the Lord Jesus. And may God help us to look to him. I want you to note a second thing in this passage. Not only do we see that David endured peril in the wilderness, but we see that David experienced protection in the wilderness. What was the fear? The fear was that the king was going to be swallowed up. But God protected him, did he not? He got the message to him. He, he heard the message, and David and all the people made it over the Jordan. And though we see that he was in peril, we find that he experienced the protection of God in the wilderness. Now, as we come to verse 23 through verse number 26, the scene shifts. The scene moves away from the wilderness back to Jerusalem and back to two characters, the first being Ahithophel, the counselor who betrayed David, and the second being Absalom, the son who betrayed David. Well, we begin in verse 23 with Ahithophel. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed. If you look in verse 14 of this same chapter, you find that the Bible said in Absalom and all the men of Israel said the counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. Note this phrase, for the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. Who was protecting David? Was it Hushai? Was it the priests? Was it the messengers? Was it the soldiers that were with him? No, it was God himself. Who is our protector? Who is our defender? Who is our rock? Who is our shield? Who is our deliverer? Who is our strong tower? David used these terms all throughout the Psalms. It is the Lord himself. We get worried and we get, we get fearful in this wicked wilderness world, don't we? Well, who is it that we look to? The government? Our investments? The economy? No, we look to God. He's our protector. Now we see here the sad ending of Ahithophel, and it is sad. The man who was once a trusted friend and advisor of David, one who, whose counsel 
uh, was, was always known to be wise, now is turned against the king. Why was he turned against the king? Well, because as most Bible commentators and scholars tell us, Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba. It was his granddaughter that David committed adultery with. It was his granddaughter's husband that David killed. And Ahithophel wanted revenge. He wanted justice. He wanted David to pay for what he did. And it overtook him. Now, when Nathan the prophet came and confronted David of his sin, he said these words to David. He said, thou art the man. Thou art the man. You remember that phrase? He was confronted by his sin, but then Nathan gave him this wonderful news. God has put away your sin. You see, that wasn't good enough for Ahithophel. Ahithophel made a decision, a determination that he knew better than even God would have known. John Woodhouse writes in his commentary, Ahithophel's great and tragic failure was, it would seem, a failure to accept the grace of God that was extended to David and the purpose of God to establish his kingdom through such a man as David. Ahithophel said, I just don't get it. How in the world could God forgive David after what he did? How in the world could God allow him to continue to rule and to reign? How could God allow him to hold such a position? Ahithophel's plans, he writes, whatever may have been good about them were opposed to the Lord's plans and were therefore doomed to failure. Ahithophel thought he knew better than God. By the way, you and I get into a really difficult situation when we think we know better than God. And Ahithophel was right to think that David deserved punishment, but he was wrong to think it was his place to mete it out. You see, all of us who are here, every one of us who know the Lord is our Savior, were born in sin. We were born with a condition that leads to death. We were all at enmity and in rebellion against God, each and every one of us. And if we know Christ is Savior, it is only because of his grace and his love and his mercy that our sins have been forgiven and that we have a home in heaven. It is only because of the grace of God that that has happened. But do you know what happens oftentimes to us who have received grace from God? We fail to extend that grace to others. And we become judgmental. And we harbor things in our hearts about them. And if we're not careful, bitterness, that root of bitterness will spring up in us and defile many and cause destruction in our own life. And Ahithophel died a bitter man. So God is protecting him. We see the sad ending of Ahithophel, but then we see the serious error of Absalom. Absalom wants to be the king. He wants to get rid of his dad. He's mad at his dad too. Full of bitterness as well. 
And he, he's trying to figure out the best way to do it. And he listens to the counsel of Hushai. Hushai was working for David, but Absalom was too blind to see it. And so Absalom followed the counsel of Hushai, rejected the counsel of Ahithophel. He gathered the men of Israel in verse 24, he and all the men of Israel. He made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab. And the Bible goes on to explain to us the relationship between Amasa and Joab. And then in verse 26, the Bible says, so Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead. Do you know what we find here? We find that all of this took time. And that provided time for David to escape. There are delays in the plan of man that gives deliverance to the people of God. We're trusting God to lead us and to protect us. Well, let me give you a third thought this morning, and that is this. David enjoyed provision in the wilderness. David enjoyed provision in the wilderness. I want you to look, if you would please, in verse 27. And it came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim that Shobai, the son of Nahash of Rabbah of the children of Ammon and Machir of Amiel of Lodabar and Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rogalim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kine for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said, the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. You see, that's the way we get in the wilderness, right? Hungry, weary, thirsty. What hope do we have for provision? There aren't any Lowe's grocery stores in the wilderness. There are no Cracker Barrel restaurants, no Bojangles drive throughs no Home Goods, no Target, no Walmart, not in the wilderness. So what are we going, where are we going, rather, to receive what we need? Well, we receive it from the Lord. Remember, he is our shield that protects us. He's our sovereign who, who, who guides in the affairs of our enemies to protect us. And he is our supply. He meets the needs of our lives. Now, notice something about this delivery truck that showed up that day. We notice the source of it. Notice the men who brought this truck to David. It wasn't literally a truck. I just like to refer to it that way. Show by the Ammonite, the son of Nahash of Rabbah of the children of Ammon. Now, when David sinned against Bathsheba, he was embroiled in a war with the Ammonites. He was embroiled in a war with Shobai's brother who had succeeded his father. The, the messengers that went to, to, Dave, or went to Ammon uh, went there to, to show condolence for, for Shobai's father. Hanan, Shobai's brother, had become the king, and he took those men and shamefully entreated them, if you'll remember. He cut half their beards off, and he, he cut their garment off. 
He became a reproach to the men of Israel and a war began. Well, here's that king's brother, Shobai, who did not forget that David had been good to his dad. And when David was in the wilderness, he said, I got to do something to help my friend. Then there's a man named Macher here. Macher was a servant uh, of Mephibosheth, Saul's son. Uh, most likely a supporter of Saul. He would have known Ziba well. Remember, Ziba met David along the way and sought to deceive him, and he impugned the character of Mephibosheth. Well, here's Macher, who is also a servant of Saul. But he comes and says, David's been good to me, so I want to reward him. I, I want to give something to him. Then there's a man named Barzillai who's a Gileadite. He was an old man. And all three of these men had something in common. They weren't a part of the, uh, the, the, the nation of Israel itself. They were not Israelites. <clears throat> they came from the other side of the Jordan. But they came to show kindness to the one who had showed kindness to them. I want to tell you that the Lord Jesus is kind and gracious and loving God. He's been so good to us, hasn't he? We've encouraged our people, all of you, to give to missions and to be faithful to the Lord. Should we not give to our king who suffered in the wilderness for us so that other souls may come to Christ? May God help us. And should we not give to the one who is always there to supply all of our needs? The Bible says this in, in, uh, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you know why David was able to receive that day? I'm going to tell you why he was able to receive that day in the wilderness, because he had learned to give. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1, cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days. You see, when you give it out to people, God always keeps records and the rewards and incentives and return on that investment are more than you can imagine. Luke 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give in your bosom. For the same measure that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again. You can't outgive God. He's promised to meet your needs. And while we live in this wilderness world, we look to him for our supply. Well, what lessons are we learning in the wilderness? I hope we're learning that Jesus is our only hope. Jesus said this in Matthew 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're like these men of David. You're weary, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're empty. You need a Savior. You need a Savior who loves you, who will forgive you of your sin, who will gladly receive you, to himself and make you a part of the family of God and give you a home in heaven. Would you come to Jesus today? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest, Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, 
for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. There's not a lot of restful souls in our world, are there? The rest comes from Jesus. You see, in this wilderness, we find that the Lord Jesus is our shield. The shield that protects us from danger. He's our sovereign protector and deliverer, and he's our supply. Would you come to him today? Maybe as a Christian, you find yourself in the wilderness, apart from God, filled with bitterness, like Ahithophel, filled with anger, filled with resentment. You can't get over old experiences. Someone's done you wrong. Why don't you come to the one who's never done anybody wrong, only right? Extend grace as a grace receiver. Extend grace to those who have wronged you. Discover the freedom of forgiveness. Enjoy the blessing of God's supply. Be free from worry and anxiety. And trust God in the wilderness. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.